Let's do this. Open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 1 and put a marker there and then go with me to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. Now we have several guests here today. Um, so I, I want to tell you a little bit about who we are as a church. We're an independent Baptist church and that means that we're not a part of any association or convention or anything like that. And we, we have all of our own church government right here at Grace Baptist Church. And our authority at Grace Baptist Church is not the pastor, it's not the deacons, it's not the people. Our authority is the Lord Jesus Christ and the Word of God. And we come together around God's Word every Sunday and Wednesday and we, all through the week through discipleship. But this is our authority. And we do not believe in a separation of spiritual life and secular life. That believers, we believe, according to the Word of God, that believers function in this world as believers and that we are salt and light in this world as believers and that we don't have our religious views and then our political views. Amen? That we vote and we act as citizens according to what the Word of God says. So look with me at Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. So this is God telling Abraham that he is going to be the father of the Jewish race, the Hebrew race. And they are God's chosen people, and, of course, we understand from the Word of God that God's not finished with Israel. Amen? And the church did not replace Israel. God still has a plan for His people. And so this promise has never gone away. Look at verse 3. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Sometimes we wonder, why has God blessed America? And the reason that God has blessed America is because America has always been a friend to the Jewish people. Um, the first synagogue in America is in Rhode Island. It's the Toro Synagogue. It was founded in the 1700s. And that was the only place in the world where the Jews had liberty, Rhode Island in America, even before the United States of America, because there were Baptists who believed in individual soul liberty. That is, everyone has the right to believe whatever it is they want to believe. They even have the right to not believe. Because everyone is going to stand before God and give an account. That's what the Bible says. Isn't that right? And so because of that belief, they established freedom of religion in Rhode Island. And so the Jews had liberty. And Thomas, or, uh, George Washington visited that synagogue and spoke to the Jews in that city. And that, that's the history of our nation. When in 1948, May of 1948, when uh, Israel announced its independence and that it was going to be a sovereign nation, the United States responded immediately. It was midnight here in America, and the United States responded with a letter recognizing them as a nation. Uh, as of five years ago, the United Nations didn't recognize Israel as a nation. They were not listed among the nations. Um, they are now. But the world is continuing to turn against Israel. Now, when you look at the corruption, the depravity in our nation... There's no reason for God to continue blessing America. The reason that he has continued to bless America is because we have been a friend to Israel. And just this week, our president announced that he wants Palestinian statehood. 
He wants Israel to go back to the 1967 borders. He has identified uh, Israel as an occupying nation. Um, well, by, based on that, then we need to give Mexico Texas. We need to give Spain uh, California. Um, it, it's just a silly foreign policy. It's silly. It, it's, it's a very uninformed foreign policy. Uh, now, the problem is that this type of a foreign policy has consequences. If we continue to turn our backs on Israel, the United States is done as a nation. And so we really need to pray for our leaders that there will be some semblance of, of uh, just common sense brought to this situation. Um, you know, it's interesting. They're talking about the West Bank, and they want the, to give the land back uh, past the West Bank. And the problem is they don't understand which the West Bank of which river. They're talking about the Jordan River. Israel's supposed to have all the way to the Euphrates River. Boy, you think that would cause wars in the Middle East? Well, they're going to get that back. But I wanted to address that today. I'm glad someone asked me if I was going to address it this morning. I'm glad that they asked me. We really need to pray for our country. Um, now, if, if you haven't been here, this is going to sound crazy. We're really not nutty or kooky. Um, we're not. But the Bible tells us that God uses the weather to judge nations on how they deal with Israel. And if you look at what's going on in our country right now, have you ever seen weather like this in your life? And when you see that farmers can't plant crops, when you see you know, that the, in the south they're not going to be able to ship the grain because they're blowing the levees and food prices going crazy, listen... If you go through history and you compare every time we've spoken against Israel to what happens in our nation, uh, it, it's, it's a sobering thing. We need to pray for our president. We need to pray for him. That God, the Bible says the hand of the king is in the heart of the Lord and he'll turn it whithersoever he will. We don't have a king, but God can still work in our president's heart. So he is our president. I heard someone say this week, he doesn't speak for us. Yes, he does. He's our president. The United States of America, we get the government we deserve. And lots of Christians voted Barack Obama into office. And so now we are paying the price for that. Amen? So we need to pray for our, pray for our secular leaders as well as we pray for our religious leaders that even though they reject the gospel, um, even though they reject the clear teaching of Scripture, I'm just telling you, you can't sit and listen to Jeremiah Wright rail against Israel for 20 years and then govern differently than that. And that's where we are as a nation. So let's, let's pray um, that God will intervene there. As a matter of fact, let's pray right now, and then we'll get into Galatians. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for your promises that you keep. And you have promised that you'll bless those that bless Israel and curse them that curse Israel. And that promise has not gone away. And so, Lord, I pray for our president for our national leaders, Lord. Help them to see the significance of Israel. And uh, Lord, help us to be their friend. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I do want to say one other thing on that. Um, that doesn't mean that we agree with everything that Israel does. They're, they're not Christians. They're not born again. The leadership in Israel is not born again. Uh, they don't, every time they respond to a crisis, they don't do it in the right way. If I was a Palestinian, I would probably hate Israel too. Right? 
So we need to pray for that whole situation. We're not endorsing every action that they take, but God has told us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. God has told us to bless Israel. We need to do that as a people. All right. Um, So go with me to Galatians chapter 1. Now, after all that good news, now we get to... we, we, We study books of the Bible here, and God knows exactly what we need when we need it. And here we are, we're in the book of Galatians, and we are in one of the hardest, meanest, meanest passages of Scripture in the Bible. So let's read through this text and let's ask God to help us through it. All right. Verse six, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. All right, so what he's saying, the Apostle Paul is marveling that these people are so soon removed from the gospel of Jesus Christ. That amazes him. It's blowing his mind that people would leave the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, what is the gospel? Look at verse 3. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. All right. So the gospel of Jesus Christ is that Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins. He wasn't killed. Jesus Christ gave himself as a sacrifice for our sins. But God didn't leave him in the grave. Look at verse one. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God, the father who raised him from the dead. What is the gospel? The death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ according to the Scriptures. So, the Apostle Paul is marveling. Look at verse 6 again. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from Him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Why would it amaze the Apostle Paul that a group of people would leave the gospel for something that calls itself a gospel, but really isn't one? Notice what it says in verse... Um, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that we have preached, let him be accursed. Look in verse 7, the end of verse 6. Unto another gospel, which is not another. So this other gospel isn't really the gospel. There's only one gospel. There's the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then there's everything else. Is that right? That's what the Bible says. It's a very exclusive message. Uh, We do do not have a broad tent gospel. Jesus Christ said, 
that his way is a narrow way and few there be that find it. But broad is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to life everlasting. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. So the Apostle Paul is marveling. Well, what is this idea of marveling? Well, the Bible defines that word for us in Revelation chapter 17. It means to wonder with great admiration. You, just, you look at it and you just, you just can't believe it. You, have you ever seen something you just couldn't believe? You, you said, I can't believe I would ever see that. Right? You know, who, who would have ever imagined what's going on in our country? Would you have ever imagined it? No, no, I never would have. This is worse than that. The Apostle Paul is marveling that people would leave the gospel of Jesus Christ for another gospel. Why would he marvel? Well, first of all, because the gospel is so wonderful. It's just awesome. What the gospel message is, all of us, because we are sinners, the Bible tells us, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says that all of us have turned away. There's none that seeketh after God. All of us are sinners. And then the Bible tells us the wages of sin is death. All of us deserve death in hell because we are sinners. You say, that's not very good news, but it's reality. It's reality. When you go to the doctor and he tells you that you have cancer, all right? That's bad news. When he tells you, we can remove the cancer, that's good news. Is that right? Would it be good news for the doctor to see that you have cancer and send you home and tell you you're okay? No. No. Every, well, let's, we'll get to that in a minute. So what is the gospel? We are all sinners. We deserve hell. We don't deserve to take another breath. But Jesus Christ loved us so much that He gave Himself for our sins. And here's the deal. It's not some pie-in-the-sky thing that because He saved us, we get to go to heaven. Now, I'm glad that I get to go to heaven. Uh, 48 years old now, I guess I'm on the downward slide, right? Unless I live to be 90 years old, I am past middle age. How many of you felt really old right then when I said that? Some, some of you, man, you're just minutes away. I can tell just looking at you. But here's, here's the deal. I just lost, you know, a third of the crowd right there. But here's the deal. Heaven is wonderful, and I'm glad I get to go there. And my son Riley is there, and I can't wait to see Riley. Heaven is wonderful. But you know life here on earth is wonderful too when you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? You have a reason to live. You have a purpose to live. You're not wandering around aimlessly. You have answers for the problems of life. God gives you a purpose for living. He gives you joy. He gives you peace. Genuine peace. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. But genuine peace is the peace that the Lord Jesus Christ gives us. You can go to sleep at night. You can rest your pillow on your head. You can rest your head on your pillow. <laughs> my wife's always trying to put my pillow on my head because I snore. But you, you can rest your head on your pillow. And sleep because all is well between the believer and his Lord. Salvation is so wonderful. And you know, when the Apostle Paul went to Galatia, remember what Galatia was. You had these people who had come from Europe and they'd made their way over into the Middle East and they were big, blonde-haired fighters, kind of like Sydney. You know? And these people, they come in and 
they fight for the Caesars. And when Caesar finally conquered, Julius Caesar finally conquered the, the Gauls, he said they're fickle people. They'll, they'll give you a yes one minute and they'll turn away from you the next. And the Apostle Paul is experiencing that same thing here in the book of Galatians. They've received the gospel and now they're walking away from it. And he's just, he, they've been in paganism. They've been, they've been having to sacrifice things. They've been living a life with no hope of the future. The Apostle Paul gives them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's so wonderful, he can't believe, first of all, that they're walking away from it. But I want you to notice the text. He's not marveling that they're so soon removed from the gospel. Look what he's marveling at. Look at verse 6 again. I marvel that you are so soon removed from Him. What they're saying is that their old life, their old religion was better than Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? It's better than Jesus Christ. They're looking at their old life and they're saying, this is better than the Son of God, who was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, laid aside His glory, lived a sinless life, walked among us sinners, and lived sinlessly, modeling perfection for us. He was beaten, spat upon, whipped, pierced with nails, thrust through with a spear, buried in a borrowed tomb and then rose from the dead, proving that He was, is, and always will be God. He did that for us. And the old religion was more alluring than Jesus. That's amazing. That's something I marvel. But not only that, look at what else He marveled at. Verse 6 again. I marvel that ye are so soon removed. Here's what, here's what we would say. That, that'll never happen to me. I, I would never do that. I've been faithful for years. Now, there's a couple of ways to look at this text. It could be that he, he, and he's writing this letter about a year after he had been with them. And Paul's method was he would go into the area, preach the gospel, build people up in the faith, get them strong enough to have churches on their own, and then he would go on to the next place. He's writing this letter less than a year after he had left them. So they quickly turned away, and the turn away happens quickly. How many of you know people that have walked away from the Lord just like that? You know people that have done that. How could someone do that? See, young people, here's the thing. And I love seeing these guys up here. One of these days, one of these days, you're going to have to make a choice. Am I going to... Follow the Lord Jesus Christ, or am I going to leave Him behind and go into the world? Am I going to be removed from Jesus Christ? People make that choice all the time. I know that there are young people that have grown up in this church that no longer serve the Lord. Young people, there's going to be a time. Michael, you're just getting ready to go off to college. There could come a time when you're going to have to make a choice. Am I going to follow the Lord or am I going to go into the world? Now, some of you here, you might be thinking, now, when you say go into the world, what does that mean? All of us are in the world. Yes, 
We are in the world, but we are not of the world. We're, we are pilgrims passing through. We, this is not our home. The Bible says we have here no continuing city. Our hope is with the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether we die and go to be with Him, or if we live long enough for Him to come and get us, our hope is not in this world. We live in this world. We work in this world. We serve God in this world. But according to Ephesians chapter 4, we walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. That is, our job in this world might be doctor, lawyer, uh, engineer, mechanic, um, line leader. It might be a teacher. It might be a firefighter, a police officer. It might be a salesman. It, it, we don't know what it is. That's not our vocation. Our vocation is to be a child of God in this world because the Lord Jesus Christ has saved us. See, young people, you're going to have to choose. Right now, you come to church because your parents bring you to church. Right? You, you, you are brought to church. At some point... This faith must become your faith. How many of you have looked at kids that have been raised in godly homes and you marvel that they walk away from the Lord? Do you know people that are like that? You know people that are like that. The reason that that happens is, number one, because that child is accountable. Now, now let me tell you, guys, if you walk away from the Lord, it's not mom and dad's fault. Not the preacher's fault, not the youth director's fault, not the school teacher's fault. If you walk away from the Lord, it's because you've chosen to walk away from the Lord. That's the number one reason. We, can't, we, got, we live in an excuse-ridden society. Young people have the ability to make decisions for the Lord or against the Lord. Amen? And young people, man, we got great kids here. We, I don't know of any troubled child, child causing trouble... We have a trouble. Lydia's just all messed up in the head. But other than that, that's my daughter. So you understand. I don't know of any kids here that are in trouble. Isn't that a blessing? So you're good kids, but there's a difference between being a good kid and being a saved kid. Huge difference. A well-behaved child can go to hell. Here's the thing, man. At some point, it has to move from your parents' faith to your faith. And then when you go out into this world and you live, you know, you go to Ohio State University and you have a professor tell you the Bible's not true, that creation's not true. Of course, you know, they're brilliant in their explanation. In the beginning, there was nothing, and then it exploded. Genius. I wish I had thought of that. Can't be crazy like God did it. Jeez. Now, look. You're going to have people that are going to assault your faith. That can't happen unless you want it to. You hear what I said? The only reason that a child that's been brought up in a good church, in a godly home, under the instruction of the Word of God, the only reason any one of them ever walk away from the faith is because they want to. So you need to make sure that your faith 
is real. I'd like to call each and every one of young people out by name and say, you need to make sure that you're saved. Jacob, you need to make sure that it's your faith, that Jesus Christ is your Savior. Luke, you need to make sure that Jesus Christ is yours, that you're following Him with your life, and it's your choice. Derek, you got to make sure that you are living for the Lord Jesus Christ. He is your Savior. No one's making you do it. You're following the Lord Jesus Christ because He saved you and you love Him. Nathan, you got to love Jesus. He's got to be your Savior. Noah, you've got to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. He's yours. These are decisions that you're making. You're going, it's you that prays. You guys need to know Jesus Christ. And if, I got to tell you, if any one of you knuckleheads walk away from the Lord, I will find you. Listen, these, you guys need to know that Jesus is your Savior and that it's real and that it's better than the world. It's better than anything in the world. It's better than a ball game. It's better than a college scholarship. It's better than an education. It's better than a job. It's better than a girl. It's better than a boy. Don't give up Jesus Christ. Don't give up. I would marvel if you did that. But it's amazing how quickly it can happen. One decision. Nathan, some cute little girl walks by. And she, like he's saying, why me? What are you pointing this out? <laughs> you, you gray beards, okay? Dan. <laughs> Tony. Guys, honestly, as a young man, is it easy for a, a girl to turn your head and turn you away from the things of God? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus has to be better than that in your life. And that's a decision you make now before it happens. But what about grown-ups? What about you old folks? You thought you were off the hook. I marvel that ye... Do you know that this is the first personal reference in the book of Galatians? The first time Paul says something about the people, he's saying he can't believe they're moving away from the gospel. You see, I think Tom May says this in his, in his class, the, one of the second or third best class in the church. He says, he says this, if you don't believe the Bible you won't stay at Grace Baptist Church very long. Right? And here's the deal. Some people say that people leave the church because of the pastor. And that may be true. That may be true. But these people were rejecting the teaching of the Apostle Paul. I mean, he was the best! And they were leaving. You see, the reason that fickle people leave the gospel is because they want to. And what's amazing is how quickly it can happen. See, there are people in this room and you're thinking, man, I'm going to serve God forever. I want to serve with Grace Baptist Church and my brothers and sisters in Christ here. This is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And all of a sudden, somebody doesn't like your casserole and you're gone. Now, I'm an equal opportunity casserole hater. I hate all of your casseroles, okay? Here's the deal. It's amazing the silly things that people will leave the gospel for. And they leave and they go to a church that doesn't preach the gospel. How many of you have ever seen that happen? 
It's unbelievable. I marvel at that. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul is saying in this text. It happens. It happens quickly. And it's unbelievable that people would leave the Lord Jesus Christ. So let me ask you a question. Where are you on that process of leaving the gospel of Jesus Christ? Where are you in this process of leaving him who's called you into the gospel? You say, man, I'm, I'm not, it's not like I put it on my calendar. I'm not planning on leaving. Well, let me ask you this. Was there ever a time when you were closer to the Lord Jesus Christ than you are right now? When prayer was more real? When your love for the Lord and for His work was greater than it is right now. Was there ever a time in your life when that was the case? If there was, you're just one step away from being gone. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to give any illustrations of individuals because you might know them and, and that's not the right thing to do. But there are people that pray for their families to be saved. And you understand that if a person is not born again, they are lost forever. Is that right? And that Jesus Christ has offered the free gift of eternal life to any that will receive it. But there are people that it takes years and years and years of godly influence for them to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you have had family members over years come to know the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, I have seen people that get saved. They're very concerned about their families and they're trying to get their family saved. And then they get sideways about some silly issue. And they leave. And now there's no gospel witness in their family at all. And it happens over and over and over again. Folks, we need to make sure that we're not going to walk away, be so soon removed. Because here's the problem. Here's the process. Your, your heart is drawn away. All right? For some reason, you, you are choosing to walk away from the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, it's nobody else's fault. Right, guys? If you walk away from the Lord, it's your fault. But look at what happens. As soon as you're ready, verse 7, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. So here's the idea. As soon as you walk away, you come to a church like Grace Baptist where we go through word by word of the Bible. We don't add to it. We don't take from it. We just say, this is what God has said. So you, you, you have that kind of teaching and you say, that's not what I want anymore. As soon as you do that, it's easy to find a church that won't hold you accountable scripturally. All right? But if someone is teaching a gospel that is different than the gospel is taught in the Word of God, he is... Now, the words of Scripture are very, are very hard. He is perverting the gospel. Well, they don't believe just like we do, but, but he's a good man. Now, how many of you think of pervert and good man in the same sentence? See, of course, we think of sexual perverts, but these are spiritual perverts. See, I can't preach. I can't believe you're saying that. I'm just telling you, am I making it up or is it in the book of Galatians? It's in the word of God. And yet, because we don't love Jesus enough, we say that these differences are not important. I'll tell you, when, the, when, when someone leaves the gospel, there's going to be someone that will have a message for them that's comfortable. 
You don't have to believe in creation. <laughs> That's silly. You don't have to believe that the Bible's really the Word of God. You, you really think that every word there is true? Come on. You're telling me that one word isn't as good as another word. It's just the teachings. And the greatest teaching is love. We all just need to love each other. These preachers that are emphasizing doctrine, 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 they're just dividers. They're haters. Don't be a hater. You need to love. God loves you just the way you are. Honestly, was anybody thinking man camp right there? Seriously, how many of you remember that? Yeah, I knew it. So, these, all these young guys up here. If you don't know what man camp is, it's another story. But look, that kind of message is taught all over the world every time the doors are open. Uh, when Jamie was showing the picture of 14 Bible preaching churches for 500,000 people, and on every corner a charismatic church that come in and tell you that you can be healed, you can be rich, um, you know, it, it, all these things, adding these things to the gospel... That is perverting the gospel of Jesus Christ. This herald camping, you know, the world's going to end. And if you don't believe that this is going to happen, you can't be saved. That's a pervert. That's a perversion of the gospel. Right? It's not another gospel. There's only one. There's the gospel of Jesus Christ and there's everything else. So here's the admonition of Scripture. Why is this in the Bible? Look at what it says. We're going to start in verse 6. We're going to read through it. Let's finish this up. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let that message be accursed." Is that what your Bible says? What, what does the Bible say? Let him be accursed. This is gone, man. This idea of identifying false teachers and saying they are accursed. This, this is wicked. It's a perversion of the gospel. It doesn't say let his message be accursed. It doesn't say he's a good man, he's just messed up on a few things. You see how far away we are from biblical teaching? Let him be accursed. Okay, so let, let's, let's bring it right into where we are. It's amazing how timely the Word of God is. I didn't plan to be in this text today. We're just preaching through the book of Galatians. This herald camping, he says that on May 21st, Jesus Christ is going to return. The, the, then in October, the world's going to end. There's going to be earthquakes in every time zone at 6 o'clock. And during those earthquakes, the believers will be taken up. If you don't believe that, you can't be saved. Okay, you ready for this? Herald camping is a gospel pervert. Herald camping is accursed, scripturally. Accursed. And yet, there are people that say, Pastor, it's Sunday morning. No one's going to come to our church if you keep saying stuff like that. <laughs> come on. Can't you be nice just once? I've been nice for weeks. We are in, we are in a text that if we're going to explain it, as it says in, in Ezra, read the text. 
clearly give the sense, the sense of this text, if anyone brings another gospel, let him be accursed. That's Harold Camping. That's any church that adds something to the gospel or takes something away from the gospel. Let him be accursed. I told the, uh, my Sunday school class, I'm not going to go there this morning. Look, you folks here, just be thankful that God saved you. Now, like, I gotta, I've got to say this, dis, this disclaimer. We're not the only people in Sydney that are saved. Amen. There are many other churches in Sydney and all over Ohio, all over the United States, all over the world that preach the clear gospel of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Sometimes when you, when you preach a hard message from the Scriptures like this, somebody's saying, do you think you're the only ones that are right? Well, if someone's preaching another gospel, they're not right. Amen? Sometimes somebody will ask you this question. Do you really believe that you have the truth? How many of you ever had somebody ask you that? Do you really? Well, of course. I don't think I'm wrong. Of course I believe it. But I don't believe it because it's mine. I believe it because God wrote it down and supernaturally preserved it. And He's written it in a way that's clear and understandable. And then He tells us there's going to be people that are going to try and pervert it. Don't have tea parties with them. Mark them and avoid them. That's what the Bible says. Amen? Don't have a pastor's breakfast and hold hands and sing Kumbaya and pray for each other's ministries. Not going to happen. I pray that they're accursed. That's what I pray. They're accursed. Get saved. That's what they need. They need to get saved and preach the clear, unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. Then we can have hold hands and sing Kumbaya and have tea. Okay, look, folks, the gospel's clear. It, it is really clear. Now, honestly, this passage, verses 6 through 10, is it hard to understand or is it very clear? I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that has called you into the gospel of Jesus Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. But there be some that would trouble you, or that trouble you, and would pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. I don't think we've defined accursed yet in this message. You know what it means? Damned to hell. That's what it means. You never get that at a pastor's prayer breakfast. You know why? Because people love their success more than they love the Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one gospel and everything else. There are some that are trying to pervert the gospel. And if you decide to walk away from Jesus Christ, they'll be right there to help you. Folks, 
Let's just be faithful to the Lord. Let's love the Lord Jesus Christ with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen? Let's just love Him. He's better. He's better than everything else. You say, Pastor, are you saying that Grace Baptist Church is better than everything else? Well, it's better than a lot of them. Man, are we perfect? No. You know the old saying, I wouldn't belong to any club that would have me as a member? Of course we're not perfect. We're just people. Amen? We're just sinners who are trying to be obedient to the Word of God. But I know this. If any church preaches, if any man preaches another gospel, let him be accursed. So, let's recap. Young people, if you walk away from the Lord, it's nobody's fault but your own. It's not because you're school teacher. It's not because you're pastor. It's not because you're parents. It's not because of your friends. If you walk away from the Lord Jesus Christ, it's because you want to. Folks, if you walk away from the Lord, man, He loves you. He saved you. He gave His life for you. He's given you the Holy Spirit to indwell in you. He's given you all of that discernment. He's given you the Word of God and preserved it. He's established the church so you can have brothers and sisters in Christ to help you. Man, if you walk away from that, if you walk away from that, that's just mind-blowing. I marvel at that. And so does the Holy Spirit because He wrote it down in the Word of God. But when you do, there'll be somebody there to help you. There'll be somebody there to tell you, yeah, you're right, the Bible's not important. Yeah, what the Bible says about that, yeah, you don't have to worry about that. That's not, that's not for our time. Listen, Jesus Christ loved you so much He gave His life for you. He wrote and preserved His Word. He's given it to you. He has given you the Holy Spirit to teach you the Word of God, to, to make you more and more like His Son every day. He's given you brothers and sisters in Christ who'll love you, who'll cry when you cry, will laugh when you laugh. He's given you the opportunity to give the gospel and preach and teach. He's given you the opportunity to raise your children to love the Lord Jesus Christ. He's given you the opportunity to influence your lost family members so that they can have eternal life. Man, don't walk away from that. Don't, don't be like the fickle Galatians. I marvel that you're so soon removed from Him who has called you into the gospel of Jesus Christ unto another gospel. There's only one way. Let's stand for that one way. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word.